Welcome to the Touchdown Jaguars podcast. Here are your hosts, James Johnson and Phil Smith. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, Touchdown Jaguars. We, as you all have um, heard us say in the past, we're trying to get a guest on every week. Uh, we weren't able to do so last week, but this week we do have a guest on to talk about uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, who the Jacksonville Jaguars will be traveling to. So Doug Peterson is going back to uh, where it all started for him, if you will, in terms of uh, his first head coaching gig. I got my man Glenn Irby from the Eagles Wire managing editor back. Uh, if you all can recall, we had him on, uh, I think it was last November or December, when the Jaguars were going into their head coaching search uh, to talk about some potential candidates that they can look at. And lo and behold, it ended up being Doug Peterson. And uh, Glenn gave us some good insight on him. Um, and um, I also, you know, uh, did a lot of research on Doug Peterson to talk about uh, to talk with Glenn about on that episode. And uh, pretty much everything we said came into fruition in terms of the coaching staff and Press Taylor following him and all of that good stuff. So uh, before we get into the game that's going to be coming up in a few days, Glenn, how are you, man? And welcome back to the show. James, how you feeling, man? I'm good. Appreciate you having me back on. Um, just enjoying covering this team. You know, the fan base is rabid. They're off to a pretty good start. Uh, like you said, we talked about Peterson bringing his guys with them. So it's good to see you guys out to a two-on-one start as well. So just looking forward to Sunday. Yeah, a lot of people saying it'll be the game to watch, you know, in terms of these two teams. The Jaguars have some momentum, albeit they did uh, lose their first game, but they since have outscored uh, their opponents by beating the Colts 0-24. to And then, you know, they turn around last week and they show up against the Chargers and hold the Chargers to, uh, what was it, like 10 points. So, uh, you know, they are, um, in terms of point differential, surprisingly the Jaguars are, you know, somewhere near the top of the league there. And then you have the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 3-0, and one of um, a few um, undefeated teams in the league, which, um, you know, so that might surprise some people um, with the, you know, especially with the fact being that um, nobody really knew what the Eagles had in Jalen Hurts. You know what I'm saying? But it's good to see these two fan bases and teams uh, flourishing. This is going to be a game where I guess a lot of people are looking at it this way <laughs> as uh, this is the Super Bowl everybody wanted in 2017 and we didn't get. Instead, it was the Patriots and the Eagles. And we all know how that went for the Eagles. The Eagles got their first Super Bowl victory um, in, in, in the history of their franchise. So that was awesome to see unfold. So um, that said, I'll get into the first question. And I guess I'll start by, you know, I want to learn about the additions that were made to this team this offseason, um, starting with the draft or uh, better yet, free agency, because it came first. Uh, you know, could you talk about what they were able to do this offseason, starting with free agency and then what they were able to pile on to that in addition um, with the draft afterwards? Sure, of course. I mean, early on in free agency, the uh, the target was Hassan Reddick. You know, we, t- we talked about Hassan Reddick throughout the offseason and on the first day, how, you know, Howie Roseman was able to strike goal with him. So, you know, you finally addressed the linebacker position. You know, they added another pass rusher. And then right after that, they added Kaiser White. You know, he played middle linebacker from Chargers. For the Chargers, I apologize. A former safety from West Virginia turned linebacker. So, you know, he's an athletic marvel. He's been a great addition to the defense. 
Then we added Zach Pascal at wide receiver. He, you know, you know, his relationship with Nick Sirianni from the days, from his days with the Colts. So, you know, you got a big physical receiver, a dog, as he calls himself. You know, and then we were able to add James Bradbury after the draft. So I know, you know, we'll talk about some of the additions from the draft, but just those four right there alone, you know, the, the, the linebacker core was upgraded, a, a tremendous upgrade. Bradbury on the corner gives the Eagles one of the top corner duos. And then if you talk about, you know, this summer and things like that, you know, they, they added Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as well. So it was a pretty good offseason. Yeah, yeah. I can remember the um, late addition of Bradbury uh, because, you know, the those late additions kind of just hit you by surprise. It's like you you wake up one morning and it's talks of Bradbury being released by the the Giants. Um, I think he was with last, and uh, lo and behold, it didn't take him long to find a new home within the division. Um, so yeah, like you said, giving you all one of the top corner duos there, um, in the league, which uh, that'll be interesting to watch unfold in terms of uh them versus the Jags receivers and what have you. Um, so that being said, my next question. Uh, is, you know, the Eagles are off to a 3-0 start, as I said, and they're one of, you know, a few teams that are undefeated at the moment. And a lot of people might not have seen it coming, as I've already said. But when when looking back at these first three games, uh, what has been the biggest factor in their success in terms of um, them being, being able to have the success that they've had and um, to become one of the only one of a few undefeated teams in the league right now? I think pace, pace and chemistry, you know, I, I think we talked prior. Um, this is Hurts' first season, you know, having the same offensive coordinator, the same play caller, the same system. So from that standpoint, you know, he hit the ground running, you know, and coming into training camp, coming into that first week. So I think offensive, offensive pace, the offensive pace has been amazing. You know, Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator, he's done an amazing job of with his run pass ratio. You know, Hurts has done an amazing job of, utilizing his legs when necessary, but still making accurate, timely throws. You know, he improved his decision-making this, this summer. He just he improved his throwing mechanics, and I think you're seeing all that. You know, with the addition of A.J. Brown, they have a, a, a true number one receiver on both sides of the ball. So you've seen last week, A.J. Brown still had 85 yards, but then you have Devontae Smith having 169 yards. They have one of the top tight ends in the game. They have the best offensive line in the game. So that translates into being able to run the ball at will, being able to run teams out the building. You know, so I think, you know, we talk defensively about the additions. You know, you talk about Jordan Davis, you know, an NFL, you know, the 15th pick in the NFL draft. He's clogging up the middle, the two safeties. So I, I think, you know, the balance on both sides of the ball is key. You know, I think, you know, it's like a basketball team on offense. You know, they, they get out in spurts. They score in spurts. You know, we, they can get the ball to whoever they need to get the ball to. So I think it's, it's just been a good job of, you know, pace. Hurts improving tremendously. The addition of A.J. Brown coupled with, you know, Miles Sanders running hard. So every, everything's working out right now. Yeah, you um actually hit on what my next question was going to be, and it was on Hurts. But uh, you pretty much hit on like how he's gotten to the the next level, taking that next step, and what he did to get there. Uh, so I'm going to veer away from that question, and I'm going to ask you. And I, I think the fans that listen, or the um, listeners that listen to this podcast, know where I'm about to go with this, um, with the impromptu question that I actually didn't have on the list. But when you mentioned it. I just had to ask because I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan. So <laughs> that being said, uh, you're going to get a Georgia Bulldog question here. Uh, just how has Jordan Davis looked, man? Because a lot of people, he probably should have gone earlier in the draft than he did. But a lot of people had gave him that label of just being a two down player 
in the league and all of that craziness. And um, also Nicobe Dean, too. Y'all added him, too. Um, he fell in the draft for, um, I believe it was uh, um, an injury that he was supposed to or they wanted him to get taken care of. And he fell in the draft as a result, man. Uh, you got two players who came from a historically good defense, a historically good team. We all know how many people they sitting into the league this year. Um, yeah. Could you just talk about the two Georgia Bulldogs, man, and what they brought to the table and how do you feel about their outlook in the future? Uh, I mean, they're, they're both going to be stars. I think like you're talking about, they bring a winning mentality. And I think that was something that was kind of missing on that side of the ball. So from that standpoint, it's been two awesome additions. You know, they're, they're champions, you know, they're alphas. You know, I think from the Jordan Davis standpoint, he's just an absolute game breaker. And it's just not about, you know, having some big, massive guy in the middle of the field. I mean, he can move laterally. You know, I think last week he only played maybe 22 20, 22, 23 plays, something like that. I think he was in on 14 passing downs and had four pressures. So, I mean, you may not see the sacks. You may not see some of the things he's doing, but, I mean, he's picking up. You know, he's learning from Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox. So, I mean, he's an absolute monster in the middle. Nicobe Dean, he'll get his time. I think it's a situation like we talked about. They added that linebacker. T.J. Edwards has been really good at middle linebackers, probably been the best defender on on the team through three games. So I think from that standpoint, it's a fine situation that allows Dean to, to continue to develop and learn the game. And in the next year or so, he'll take over at that position. So, I, you know, I think it's been a, an amazing addition for both of them, just from a, a championship mentality, uh, youth, an injection of youth. I think Davis is 24 snaps will make Fletcher Cox a much better player as we see. So I, I, it's just a good development all the way around. Yeah, man, it, it's good that they went to a place where the leadership was in place. Like you said, for Jordan Davis, I mean, you, you can't really, in terms of, you know, having two people to learn from, I mean, who better to learn from than two guys like uh, Hargrave and uh, Fletcher Cox? You know, Fletcher Cox has been there, done that. Um, Hargrave, one, you know, at one point in time, Hargrave was one of like the most underrated players in the league. I can remember. I think he was with the Steelers at one point in time. Correct. Um, and then, yeah, they, I, I think he hit free agency and um, the rest is history. So, yeah, I'm glad that they came to a uh, they were able to go to a good organization like the Eagles and um, go where some like veterans in place to help them out. As you know, we got Trayvon Walker on our side of the ball and. I can relate in terms of like that alpha mentality being bought to the um, the defensive side of the ball because of those additions. That's kind of what Trayvon has done, too, even though he's a little bit more of a quiet guy. But um, he has an alpha mentality in terms of the play and the physicality and what have you. So um, it looks like we both came out of the draft with uh, uh, some good players from a national championship team. And like I said, a team that just put out historic figures in terms of uh, anything related to the draft. Um, so my next question is going to be actually on, um, again, we talked about Doug Peterson in November, December, I believe it was. And, um, you know, here he is. He is in Jacksonville. Good thing we had that episode of uh, previewing coaches that the Jaguars could pick up because uh, we were on the money with it being Doug Peterson. Um, and I know we talked about Byron Leftwich a little bit too and all of that. But if you would, man, how do you feel that Doug Peterson is going to be received in Philly because he even said it himself, man. He doesn't know what to expect from Philly fans because they, they have so much passion and what have you on. Um, but the, of course the statue is out in the front of the stadium and all of that good stuff. Um, how do you think overall though, if you had to predict 
and put a guesstimation on it? Like how you think he'll be received when um, going back to Philadelphia? Oh, I think he'll get a standing though. I mean, I think he'll have a jerk or two who'll want to boo or make some noise. But I mean, like you said, he, he won the Super Bowl. His teams were competitive. They made the playoffs. He's a really good coach, former quarterback, all around, just solid guy. So, I mean, he'll get a standing ovation. I mean, he, he did something nobody's ever done in that franchise's history. So, you know, he can always get a free beer, free meal in Philadelphia. So it, it'll be fine. It'll be, it'll be a great game, great competition. I don't see any ugliness from the fans from that standpoint. Yeah, I think so. I think he'll be received for the most part pretty well. I mean, because, again, like the man, you know, he helped Philadelphia get the first Super Bowl in their history. So, like, I mean, like that's just something special and something near and dear to most people's hearts. And uh, I mean, I could just recall, like, I've watched countless reaction videos um, because it was just something nice to watch unfold. You know, they've never done it before. And just watching um, unfold in terms of the reaction videos of the fans, of the reaction they had when they won the Super Bowl and everybody out in the street parading and having fun. Um, I watched, I forget y'all's play by play announcer, but I watched the video many, many times of him calling the last play of the Super Bowl or the last few plays and, um, you know, celebrating in the booth with everybody and uh, Kevin Hart celebrating and, uh, God bless his soul, the great Kobe Bryant celebrating uh, the the victory. So countless videos I've watched on that in terms of how the reaction was towards the Philadelphia Eagles winning their first Super Bowl. And, you know, a lot of that was because of Doug Peterson. And uh, when you just kind of see like the emotion that everybody had towards winning that Super Bowl, I'm with you, too. I think like he'll be received for the most part uh, pretty well when he returns to Lincoln um, Financial Field. Uh, but I guess time will tell, man, even though he's kind of like, you know, he he isn't sure. But I, I think it'll be um, a good reception overall. So um, my next question is, uh, you know, though the Eagles are three and oh, we also like to get a little intel on like what it is that the Jazz can do to beat this team or beat whatever team we're playing that week. Um, you know, what would you say is the biggest weakness for this Eagles roster heading forward, with, which it might be kind of hard to find because, like, they're clicking on all cylinders, it feels like, in terms of what they're doing right now. But if you had to pick a spot or two where you think is their weakness, what do you think that is um, at least these first uh, throughout these first three weeks? I think um, offensively for you guys, James Robinson, you know, the running back, your running game, that'll be something to watch in terms of if, if he can get going, if he can start to, you know, gash us, you know, get good running, get good running lanes. So, so that is something to watch. You don't want Trevor Lawrence to be able to sit back and rack up a high completion percentage either. So, you know, that situation in terms of the pass rush, yes, they sat Carson Wentz nine times. Um, last week, but prior to that, you know, they had trouble getting after Jarek off in the first game. So I think it's just about, you know, if, if Trevor Lawrence is able to stand back there and pick his targets while g- getting help from the running game, I think that's a good start. I think defensively, the three linebackers give me pause. You know, they, they scare me a little bit. I think in terms of Josh Allen, um, we talked about Trayvon and, and then Devin Lloyd has been outstanding as well. So, that that's something to watch also. So I think offensively, it's just how Trevor Lawrence is able to settle into the pocket. If he's able to settle or if he's harassed, how you guys do with the running game. And then I think defensively, the pressure you can get from the outside edges with both your linebackers and the things that Devin Lloyd is doing from his linebacker spot as well. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to hear um, because, yeah, James Robinson is on the roll. And then there's ETN too, who – 
you know, ETN in the last game, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of associate him with his speed and, you know, being able to help in the passing game. But I don't know what got into ETN last week, but he was like in the mood to like run over people last week. And I don't know if James Robinson been talking to him. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if like Robinson rubbing off on him or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, uh, he's a guy that, you know, just based off of what you said, you know, maybe it's a, it'll be a coming out game for him. Not to say he hasn't like flashed, but I think like, you know, he could put up those big fantasy numbers. Uh, potentially that people have been wanting to see him put up. I mean, I know I have because I have him on my fantasy roster. But, um, yeah, man, that's interesting to hear from you in terms of the weakness. I would definitely say with the Jaguars, I guess, you know, I'll just add a little content to that. Um, I think for us, you know, like I'm just concerned about the secondary. And uh, they don't tackle the best. I know, like, you know, we are leading the league, if I'm not mistaken, in like turnover margin and turnover di- differentiations and stuff and like that. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like I just I'm a big fan of Tyson Campbell. Um, not the highest on Shaquille Griffin and and uh, on um Rayshon Jenkins. They scare me a little bit. Andre Cisco isn't playing like the ball hawk and safety that we saw out of Syracuse. And, you know, them going up against Smith. And uh, going up against uh, Brown kind of scares me. Brown has traditionally hurt the Jaguars in the past. I know he's with a new team and what have you. But, um, you know, that could be one matchup that they look to exploit is, uh, you know, those two receivers um, against whoever they can get them matched up on. We'll see. But I guess it's one of them time will tell things, man. I think it'll end up being one of like close to the game of the week, if not the game of the week um, in terms of just just the like momentum both of these teams have so um i got one last question for you glenn like i said i ain't want to hold you too long my man but my last question is i don't know if you have a prediction yet but if you have a prediction in mind do you mind sharing it with us because we ask most of our guests that come on to do a prediction um and also we also ask this one too we'll throw this one in there i might as well because i've asked all our guests before Um, if it was a player you can poach from the jaguars roster who would it be in addition to your prediction? The prediction, I've been flipping back and forth with it, and I'm not sure. And I think the reason, I mean, it's hard to go undefeated in the NFL. And I feel like it's not necessarily a trap game, but after three emotional games and with Doug Peterson coming in, I could I could see the Jaguars winning a tight one. But I'll go, I gave my prediction earlier, I'll go Philadelphia 21, Jacksonville 17. If I could have one player off that roster, it definitely would be Trayvon Walker. I, I, I just love the way he rushes from, from the stand-up position. I love his versatility. I love his ability to move up and down the line. I love how you know humble he is, quiet, a reserve star, but like we said, an alpha at his position. So I'm picking the Eagles to win a close a close matchup by four as Jacksonville is ascending. And the player I'd love to have, definitely Trayvon Walker. Nice, nice, yeah. I don't know, man, like – it's probably the homer in me, but I'm probably taking Jordan Davis, man. I, and I know our defensive line is already like pretty well off. I would say in the rotation is pretty well off. But yeah, I'm taking Jordan Davis, man. And just his ability, man, to I think within two to three years, man, he's going to be one of those guys that's a, a pro bowler that, you know, is just going to be straight up hard to stop. I mean, that's what he was in Georgia. And like you said, athletic ability, man, like we've seen it at the combine. We've seen it on the film when he played for Georgia, just chasing running backs from behind and all of that craziness. And 
Um, I think you guys are going to see a lot of that if you haven't already seen a lot of that uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles as he continues to learn the game and get more comfortable. So uh, I, I think that will be the one that I would take. Um, but I might go back and look back at the roster later and be like, nah, I probably should have took somebody else. But I'm, I'm going to roll with Jordan Davis for right now. Uh, but yeah, Glenn, man, if you would, man, I appreciate you coming on. If you would go ahead and just let us know where we can find your content and all of that good stuff and anything else you want to plug uh, before you head on out. Um, just appreciate you having me on, James. Um, you can find me at the Eagles Wire at usatoday.com. Keeping up with all the latest, you know, breaking news and, and videos and information about the Philadelphia Eagles. You can find me on Twitter at the Cover 2 NFL. Um, and just start look forward to the Cover 2 podcast, talking talking Eagles with the Cover 2, all types of things. So um, I appreciate you having me on. I'll definitely have you on when my, my situation gets started and look forward to a great game on Sunday. Hey, man, you know it. I mean, you talked about it in the DMs, man. Anytime you want to have me on to talk football or, um, you know, do a podcast, whatever the case may be, man, you know, I'm, I'm available. Just hit me up. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm restricted to the evenings now that I switch jobs, but, uh, I would definitely be happy to come on and talk some football with you. And, uh, hopefully, I mean, like at the rate we're going, man, these two teams, uh, end up being in the playoffs and appreciate you coming on, man. And you have a good night. Same to you, brother. Thank you, man. Best of luck. Uh, stay safe with all this weather, man, and keep doing your thing, man. Will do.